Welcome to the Interesting Podcast episode number 153. This episode is with one of my all-time favorite actors and really one of my favorite people, Jeffrey Pierce. You may know him best as the author of the Reckoning series or as the man behind Tommy from The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. He is awesome. We talk about his recent motorcycle rebuild, how he got into acting, how a little tough love taught him to be a professional, his writing process for The Anointed Angel Comes, recording and editing the audiobook himself, being nominated for a BAFTA Games Award, breaking down the character of Tommy, and so much more. He's fantastic. You're going to love him. So let's just jump right into it. Please enjoy this episode of The Interesting Podcast, episode number 153, with Jeffrey Pierce. Theme song time. Things have gotten a little bit busier, which is nice and maybe a good sign of like normalcy finding its way back. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, at least we hope. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Fingers crossed. I, yeah. You know, it's funny. Since last we talked, it's shown me how much can happen in such a small period of time. Like, <laughs> I mean, you finished your second book. You built your yeah, bike. Yeah. You built a bridge. You got nominated <laughs> for a BAFTA. Yeah, for a BAFTA. How about that? Dude. It's, oh, it's uh, yeah, which put them out of time. <laughs> well, it, you know, it was the buildup to all those things that uh, that takes all the, the the time. It's like when things start sure. to tumble, it's it's uh, it, it feels like it took five minutes, but it yeah. really <laughs> took like you know, fifteen years. Yeah, um, it's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> it's funny to revisit The Last of Us because the time between the performance capture and mm. the game release and then the sort of echoes of it is uh it's a very very long time so it doesn't sure. feel like it, it, there's not this sort of like in television if you come in and you shoot a guest star or you sure shoot a recurring role it's probably going on air about three and a half four weeks later oh sure but uh you know films is a lot longer than that mm -hmm. games it's a lot a lot a lot yeah. a lot longer <laughs> than that so it's easy to sort of lose connection to oh yeah we shot that stuff i, I recall that that was uh that was a good time sure you're like i, but I did do that <laughs> uh i read an interesting thing today and i wish i had the name of the the uh the poet uh writer who talked about doing a movie in the 1960s that was considered a failure and oh. then uh 20 years later uh 15 year old guillermo del toro asked oh. <laughs> for the writer's uh autograph and then 20 years after that is helping you know is, is reached out to to write a musical with him and then Dude. daft punk also saw the movie oh. and is you know and has brought this 70 year old writer in to collaborate on a piece that they're doing and it just is it, it's a good reminder that what you do uh in the moment matters and 100%. judging it as a failure or a success or a step on some sort of you know path that you expect to exist is is a waste of time yeah you know yeah you do the best you can and you hope 
for some results. And then, Absolutely. you know, and, and, and I think that in many ways, I had no idea that I was going to be even in the, in the mix for the BAFTA nomination. Sure. That just like showed up like somebody on Twitter was like, hey, congratulations. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful morning. Congratulations to me. Yeah. And then, you know, to, to come to find out, uh, I'm in some really, really uh, 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 excellent company. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a, that was a good day. And it was great to get the motorcycle built. Uh, How's that going? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. It, yeah. it, it's uh, the first couple rides when you put it back together yourself. Are, yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit a test uh, of like, courage oh shit what 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 does happen if yeah. the front end falls apart at 50 sure. miles an hour probably not good things right um, did it shake last but, time yeah i don't recall that high speed wobble what the fuck yeah. did i do um but i've done it enough times at this point that that i have uh you know uh enough false confidence to get on it and take it up to 50 and, and see what happens there you go um, there you go and uh it gets to 50 and it's just nice and smooth so very knock on wood happy yeah. with, uh, <laughs> with that um you know, it's it's it, it's better than giving it to a mechanic and being like well i gotta trust somebody who i don't really fucking yeah know. <laughs> yeah especially on motorcycles oh my god it's so much more expensive yeah. Like, well, yeah, well, no way. <laughs> yeah it, it is a i mean i've come to find that to stay sane in this business where you have very little control over outcome of anything good point uh it's good to have things in your life that you can control 100 yeah um, and so working on motorcycles working building stuff around the house these are sort of simple, concrete tasks that you either do them right and you know it's a, it's a successful thing, mm -hmm. or you do them wrong and you fuck it up <laughs> and you go back and you fix it, uh, which is like the, yeah. the glory of like manual labor is like you either mm -hmm. did it right or you didn't. There's no like, well, yep. he, was, he was excellent. It was a great audition, but yeah. we're not giving him the part. There's no um, interpretation with floors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or motorcycles at 50 miles an hour. You either yeah, did right. it right or you did not. <laughs> Uh, and you'll either have the opportunity to fix it or you will not. And that is, yeah. uh, you know, it's important to sort of, uh, I think, keep a balance in your life uh, on what you can control and what you can't. And yeah. usually you are the only thing that you have any actual control over. Um, yeah. And in my case, I'm literally the balance. You Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You have balance you in know? your life. And bringing balance to mine. That's right. This is what <laughs> this is the service that I provide. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Thank Somebody's got to do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> Did you grow up writing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I got uh, a secondhand Vespa scooter when I was nice. uh, 15. Get it. And, uh, and it was great. Uh, ran around with all the, the, the ska kids in, in Washington, oh, D.C. in 1986. <laughs> sure. Sure. And didn't, and didn't die. Um, <laughs> And then I got the, my first motorcycle when I was 18, um, nice. um, uh, 1973 BMW. That makes sense. I'm seeing yeah. a thread. Seeing a yeah. thread. And then I got a 1964 BMW uh, after that, which if you have an old motorcycle, never sell it. Don't yeah. ever sell it. You know, I was, I, I, I got to Los Angeles and I got hit by a cab. Oh, no. <laughs> and, welcome. Yeah, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to LA. Um, and, and I, I, <laughs> and I, so I had this beautiful 1964 BMW that I had restored uh, lovingly uh, to the best of my ability. 
Sure. And uh, and it was dinged up and beat up, and I was flat broke, and I got a small you know check uh, for like fifteen hundred dollars from the taxi company, and uh, uh, and I sold the motorcycle, and that's how I was able to afford my first apartment in Los Angeles. So it was a fair trade. That's true. It was either like (laughs) I could be homeless with my motorcycle, or (laughs) I can not have a motorcycle and not get hit by any more taxi cabs, and I can you know actually embark on having a career. And I also bought a, a, a. I bought a car from a friend for for five hundred dollars of that uh, you know, three grand I got for that motorcycle. But that motorcycle, yeah, the motorcycle's worth like I don't know five times that at this oh. point. So yeah, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I, I love the bike I have now. It's good. It's, it's good. nice. It's really nice. I, I rode a Honda Rebel, and I, I love. Mm, oh yeah, I love those styles of bikes. The bobbers. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, that's the way to go. It's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, they're doing some really interesting, uh, like uh, taking '70s and '80s BMWs and turning them into bobbers, and yeah. cafe racers, and I think, oh, that would be a fun project to take on. So maybe that's maybe that's next summer. We'll see. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I also the fact that you started riding bikes so young, because at the time I know you started uh, in high school with the yeah. whole acting gig, and then you mm-hmm. toured. So I'm picturing a young Jeffrey Pierce showing up on a motorcycle. To be Romeo, and it makes sense to me. Well, uh, let's see. Yes, I, I did, I did have the bike down there. Uh, I had the scooter. I played like Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet, oh, and then showed even up. Better. To, yeah, <laughs> that was on the Vespa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I, I traded up. Uh, <laughs> Romeo doesn't right after that. Romeo doesn't ride scooters. Tybalt does. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't quite work that. Probably yeah. vice versa. Real, yeah, true. In Italy, you know. <laughs> That's true. Romeo on a little yeah. Biagio Vespa. <laughs> it's canon now yeah that's how it works <laughs> it's crazy. yeah actually since we last chatted i you inspired me to get back into shakespeare you did oh good you did cool. a, a buddy of mine who went to drama school i was like hey listen so i talked to this guy who did shakespeare and i was like i haven't t- i haven't looked at shakespeare since high school maybe i should try again and we've yeah. been we've been dissecting hamlet's soliloquy and I, <laughs> nice i forgot how difficult it was you 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 got me comfortable and then I was like, "Oh, it'll be like old hat." No, no, no. It it, it takes uh, you got to dig, and it's you know, always better read aloud than it is read uh-huh. silent. I mean, it it really is not meant to sort of be a a reading. Uh, 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 put me to sleep every time to read yeah. it uh, aloud, <laughs> unless I'm reading it aloud. Sure. Um, but yeah, it is a it's an incredible investigation. It's a time when language actually was alive. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's so specific you know. as well. That's the crazy yeah. thing I'm remembering. I was like, there's none of this is wasted. Like capitalization is there for a reason. You're like, oh wow, this is yeah. wild. Yeah, That's he cho- he was directing his actors through the way he spelled the words. That's um, so nuts. Yeah, it is a you know he knew exactly how he wanted it to sound, how he wanted it to feel, where he wanted a breath, where he wanted a pause, where he wanted you know, yeah. you know subtext to play out. It's a you know an impressive amount of work that just sort of gets, I don't know, turns into this uh, relic. It, it ceases to be alive. I think most of the time when kids get presented it in school. Oh yeah. And no wonder they think it's boring and sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> Then, so then what, what was it that drew you to it? Because you were one of those like kids on a, on a higher half. Uh, I, was, I was lucky. I had, a, I had a teacher in sixth grade and she uh, 
she put on a play, uh, you know, a sort of like a cut down version of a Shakespeare play oh, cool. every year, it's sort of like as the ending uh, sort of celebration of the English language at the end of sixth grade. Sure. Perfect. And uh, and I <laughs> I knew that I wanted to either be Harrison Ford uh, right. or I wanted to be uh, uh, a, a professional uh, fencer. I wanted to, to, to oh. be an Olympic fencer. That was Same thing. my dream. My dream in sixth grade. <laughs> hey, you know. I see another Tibble thread. <laughs> exactly. You know, I got to do all the fun stuff and not ever actually get stabbed. There you um, go. <laughs> and so she cast me. I got I booked one of the, the Antipholus of Syracuse, one of the leads oh, in the play. Sweet. And I loved it. And I loved being in front of the audience. And I was like, all right, well, I guess it, uh, I'll try and figure out how to be Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the easier of the two, really. <laughs> well, maybe. I, at the time, I had started taking, you know, this is 19... A long time ago. I don't yep. even know what year it would have been. <laughs> Way back in the um, 1900s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The 19, back in the 1900s. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I would take the 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 metro in mm -hmm. from uh, Arlington into Washington, D.C. Uh, to alone. It's uh, <laughs> like a sixth grader. So I'm like <laughs> ten, 10 years old. Child. <laughs> taking, taking the metro alone into Washington, D.C. into not a great neighborhood to, to study fencing. And it was cool. It was awesome. Yeah. And the guy was like, look, you know, like the teacher's like, if you stick at this, you can be a champion. Like you're at 10 years old. Like, yeah, if you put in the work at 10 years old, you can be a champion fencer. And I was like, that sounds awesome. Done. Boy, this is a lot of hard work. Yeah. Uh, and then I got the, the book to play and rehearsal coincided with it. So I had to choose and I chose acting. Mm. Yeah. Not a bad choice. Not a bad choice. <laughs> no, it's, it's been good. It's been good. You don't see a lot of fencers getting like, a big contract. Yeah, that's true. Definitely needed a side gig <laughs> yeah. even more than I, I did as an actor. So yeah, it all worked out well. Not bad. Not bad. So you, wow. Yeah. You, so you started so young then. So by the time you're touring, I mean, you've been doing it for a little while. Yeah. I mean, I got sidetracked by a lot of uh, drugs and alcohol as a of teenager. Of course. Um, and what else you uh, do? Yeah, yeah. a lot of that stuff come on uh, it's uh, so i barely made it out of high school uh Same. but the one thing that kept me going to high school was that i was you know on the other side of who i was i was doing plays um and so i had to strike a balance between the abuse that i was doing to myself mm -hmm. and being able to be in plays and the one thing that kept me going forward and kept me from getting into real real trouble was uh was that I, I felt like I couldn't do that and do the plays at the same time. Sure. And I was lucky to get all of that out of my system by the time I was 18 or 19. Um, Perfect. For the most, for yeah. the most part. <laughs> That's right. Um, still plenty of self-destruction yet to come. Yeah, of course. But, There's uh, time. Plenty of time. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but, but the real sort of, uh, uh, you know, that, that chapter, I was able to, to, to close it because all of a sudden I was working professionally. And there were different I, understandings of what was acceptable. Uh, sure. And it, it maintained, you know, that I, <laughs> so I'm, I'm doing Shakespeare and I, it's great. And I love this job. And every day I think I'm getting paid, uh, you know, well, a couple hundred dollars a week. But to me, that was real yeah. money at the time Sure. Like to do what I love to do. And, and how many people in the world get to say that they're, getting any sort of financial exchange to do only what they love. 
So we're traveling the country and we're going into uh, uh, universities and colleges that never would have accepted me as a student. And I'm teaching, <laughs> you know, classes in stage combat and, sure. you know, and breaking down Shakespearean verse to, to, to yeah. you know, <laughs> third and fourth year students. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I was still sort of haunted by my own sort of self-destructive desires. Mm-hmm. And the thing that uh, really turned it for me was I, I we got back we came back to dc and we were performing at the shakespeare theater at the folger which if you grow Ooh. up as an you know as an actor in the dc area the shakespeare theater when they were at the folger was just like you know tops. that was that was the tops yeah so we did a three-week residency there and i got together with some friends from high school and i showed up hungover on <laughs> sunday for a two o'clock matinee i mean like <laughs> brutally hung over (laughs) and uh and you know i was playing theseus so he's not the lead but he has the most words to say in the whole play (laughs) like at the beginning he talks a lot and at the end of the play he talks a lot and i yeah so i i suffered through that and the audience suffered through it and my (laughs) castmates suffered through it and the managing director who's still uh uh very dear to me took me aside afterwards and he said i don't care where the fuck we are Mm. i don't care what your excuse is if you ever do that to me in this company again i will take you to the nearest greyhound bus station and drop you off and you will have to make your own fucking way home yeah and it was this sort of uh it was done with love, but there was no question that the repercussion would be real and immediate and mm-hmm. the consequences would be real. And I have never in the process of my career uh, had a drink the night before going to work ever. It worked. Like, ever i mean it just uh, it was a there were clear consequences i had an understanding that that i was going to pay a price if i did it and and it was the greatest lesson that i've ever gotten Um, yeah yeah so that was uh probably one of the best things that that came out of that experience was i learned how to be a professional i learned how to uh to uh recognize what i loved more than booze or you know Sure. What what have you? Yeah. <laughs> Just a readjustment of priorities, which hey, tough love works yeah. sometimes. Well, it, it tough work, tough love works every time. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I I, I, I agree. For just personally, I have a hard time seeing anywhere in my process of existence <laughs> where the lesson didn't hurt. And if the, sure. and I'm not talking about, you know, like take a beating from my parents. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about like life gives you consequences for the choices that you make and you either pay attention to those consequences mm-hmm. or you do not. Mm-hmm. Um, but without sort of like, you know, life leaving a sting with the lesson, you burn your hand on the stove, then you, you do, you're probably not going to try and put your hand on a hot stove twice. Yeah. Um, and that is apparently how I, yeah, right. <laughs> my lessons. I, I have not been hit by a taxi cab again. That's true. Um, <laughs> That's true. I, there's, there's the thread. When you when you have tougher skin, it takes a little more force to get through. I get yeah, it. Yeah, or you know, harder, you know, harder skull. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh God. I was talking to a friend of mine whose son is uh 
an elite level uh, athlete. Oh, cool. And his, you know, as a teenager, like, you know, discovered that he had this gift. Yeah, yeah. And then started competing against kids who were the same uh, quality and same level of talent, mm -hmm. uh, but stronger and bigger and got, you know, playing hockey and got his, his back Oof. broken. Oh, um, God. And then had to, had to rehab. And, yeah. and my, my buddy is telling me, he's like, you know, so I sat down with him and said, look, here's what we can do. We can get you a trainer, get you into a gym. You can put on, you know, you can recover from this injury, come back stronger and just know that the lesson is that the kids you're going to be playing against are doing, you know, putting in all the work. So you should put in all the work too. Sure. And the son's like, meh, maybe dad, we'll see. <laughs> What did and, your friend do? I remember I was like, yeah. you don't want to choke him because you're like, I am trying to help you. And then you realize people can't be taught. They have no. to learn their own way. And so yeah. he rehabbed and he went back on the ice and he got his back broken again. Worse. <laughs> and now no. he's taking, now he's like, you know, paying his what? attention. Now he's learned the lesson and he's, you know, on the path, but could have saved himself two years by just saying, you know what, pop? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to embrace your wisdom and run with it. But I'm, uh, you know, I don't know that I ever learned anything that way. Yeah, um, experience is the teacher, you know. Always. Oh, I've. I don't think I've ever even heard of anyone breaking their back twice. That's well, it's not. Wild. He didn't break his spine. He broke, I guess, like the transverse process that but comes still, off of the. Ow. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, oh. terrible, incredibly painful, no, and like <laughs> six months of you know brutal rehab and then you got to start at zero again yeah right <laughs> no thank you once is, yeah once would be enough but hey Hard apparently pass. apparently not apparently not <laughs> it, it's you know having a thick skull though probably came in handy when you moved to la because everything's about persistence and not giving up and like just it, sometimes just being bullheaded to keep going yeah i i think that it's interesting because i find myself again in a position that you begin in in Los Angeles, where you have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it is, uh, I think, my least favorite thing to do in the process, because you're trying to say to people, I have worth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, and it embarrasses me that I have to show you. Yeah. Yeah. Prove to you that I have worth. Same. But that is the journey you you are constantly going to be trying to prove that to people or, or alleviate them of having to have faith mm -hmm. because faith is kind of uh, without the sort of deeds behind it. Yeah. Uh, and the proof of it, no one can just sort of have, Oh, this person is going to be great to have on set until they show up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it is that you want to be able to have faith. And so, you know, I find myself on a constant sort of journey of having to go back into that place. And maybe that's just my own sort of hard headedness. I want to just sort of be, you know, this is who I am. It's like, you know, do some sure. due diligence, make a couple of phone calls. You'll hear good reports on me, but that's just not the way the world works. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to have faith and you have to have persistence and you have to be willing to say, I have worth and I put in the work to have worth and, you know, and then yeah. you make that known to people. I mean, that is the process. I guess that's marketing in general. Yeah, that's um, true.
And I have to do that shit with the books as well in terms of it takes a lot of energy to sit down and start a book from an unproven author. I bet. I mean, it takes me energy to be like, oh, I've never heard of this writer. <laughs> should, should I, should yeah. I indulge? Um, and, uh, and so, you know, the, the, the past year has been an interesting time because I couldn't go out and promote the book. Right. Um, you know, I had all these sort of uh, uh, great ideas to do a, a big art show in Los Angeles and bring in everybody that I know from the industry and all my friends who are actors and do sort of red carpet and do a, uh, a showing of all of the incredible art that my friend Jai Mitchell yeah. did for the chapters. Sure. Um, it's beautiful work. And so it I is. thought do an art gallery thing, do like an opening for the art gallery. And then, you know, everybody comes and gives a donation to this art therapy group and in exchange, oh, cool. they get a signed lithograph and a signed book. And then I'll do like a, you know, 15, 20 minute reading from the opening of the book. And then everybody drinks champagne and, and, and looks at the artwork and goes about their business. Right. Well, co COVID. Uh, <laughs> it's a good COVID. idea. <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, let's get hundred. Let's get a couple hundred yeah. of your closest friends into one room. That's yeah, right. They, Take them all they'll out. They'll be they'll be happy about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that was scuttled. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, okay, well, the book's coming out, and how mm -hmm. do I get anyone to pay attention to it? Mm -hmm. Um, and I, uh, you know, so I've been able to 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 talk about it on Twitter and facebook and and do what i can but it, it's it is really pushing a rock uphill yeah I, um, bet. I bet so it takes that same sort of like you know in that process <laughs> i had to write the second book yeah like, okay i'm gonna write a second book with no certainty that anybody's gonna read the first one right right and go through that process and go through the the hell of doing the audiobook and engineering uh -huh. it yeah um which is uh they they don't pay audio engineers nearly enough. Yeah, <laughs> um, they should pay them whatever they ask for because it's a, a brutal process. Yep. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, so that finished the second book. Um, still really no clear picture of how I'm going to market it. Um, but yeah, and started on the third book. Uh, and oh so yeah. That is, uh, yeah. Because yeah, probably best. Yeah, at some point, I got to have all five books written, so <laughs> might as well just get it, get through it, yeah, just, just do keep it, keep moving. <laughs> um, yeah, and and just sort of have faith in the process that if I do the best that I can, it'll be the best that it can be. If yeah. it's the best that it can be and finds an audience, hooray for me. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, um, it's an incredibly healthy process to go through it's a painful yeah. process yeah uh-huh mm -hmm. <laughs> uh but in terms of taking a focus and a discipline and a persistence and all of the things that life takes in general it's a great sort of testing ground for all those things yeah and i i like that you're the type of person who still does it it's like knowing all those things you're like well i still have to do it and do it well but you know it's it, that's what matters really because if you do your best you can't do better than your best. So you can't walk away yeah. from it, man, I could have done better. You're like, no, you couldn't have because you did your yeah. best. Yeah, yeah uh, it, it is. Uh, I mean, I think that that is, that, that certainly is this, has been a, a buoy over the past 15 months of this sort of journey. Oh, yeah. Um, it's good to have a place where you can go to and say, look, I have complete control in this space. Mm -hmm. um, because everything else is is beyond any control that you have. Yeah. Yeah. 
and as an actor as well, talking back on the thing, you need things that you can control. Sometimes it's like, it's so nice to have something. And yeah, a book is that's you, man. That's well, doing, you. <laughs> doing the audio book too, has been, uh, uh, an incredible process of, of learning things that I didn't know how to do or didn't know yeah. that I necessarily could do, or had never been, uh, part of the things that I have had to do to stay employed. So all mm-hmm. the, you know, doing the best that I can yeah. <laughs> with all of those accents <laughs> and all of those characters and all yeah. of those different sort of voices and trying just to do it as well as I possibly can has, has been, uh, has been great and healthy and good for my self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, I don't know what this sort of, you know, there's been some very positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, no one has been like, these accents are the worst accents I have ever heard in my entire yeah. life. And, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, uh, you know, I, that, that I've had to sort of play within myself in terms of what I can achieve. And I'm very happy ultimately with what I've been able to, to, uh, to do on that front. I'm happy Good. with the way it sounds. I listen to it. And I'm like, that doesn't even sound like me at all. It doesn't. Um, which it- is a, a cool sort of, you know, uh, uh, experience as an actor to be like that, is just like i'm channeling stuff Mm -hmm. um and that's That's like when when writing is that it's you know when you're like in the flow of writing yeah you are just sort of like a vessel for the subconscious just to sort of pour out all these uh uh, insane ideas and then you make sense of them in the editing process right Um, right yeah so it's been nuts it's been good it's kept me kept kept me on an even key yeah (laughs) (laughs) It blows my mind because that's something like when people talk about doing audiobooks, a lot of times it's like, all right, you go to the studio, you record your thing. You did everything like you recorded yourself, you edited yourself, you send it like that's wild. And yeah, it's good. It, it's really good. I've listened to it twice <laughs> now. And the whole time I'm like, he's just flexing. He can do all these <laughs> accents and they're all really good. And the story's great. And the writing is really gross, but like in a good way. <laughs> yeah. There's a specific sentence that was in the first book where you said it was about like a fly finding purchase on a cheek. Mm. And Mm. I'm haunted (laughs) by it since. I'm like, what a gross way to say that. But it perfectly paints the picture of like, what is finding (laughs) finding (laughs) purchase? Yeah, that's a that is a section that I wrote. It was one of the first things that I wrote for the novel um because i wanted to it's like that's like probably chapter like a quarter of the way into chapter one i want to say yeah um i wrote that in a hotel room in massachusetts while i was shooting castle rock oh perfect and uh yeah and i'd been reading a lot of stephen king in you know all this sort of uh, uh alan pangborn um novels mm-hmm. to sort of get a sense for that character and, and get a feel for what king was after with with the with that with that role mm-hmm. um and so that and i was you know i <laughs> they kept saying like look we 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 want to hold you we don't know we, your next day is pushed but we just want to hold you at the hotel uh oh. is that cool and i was like yeah you know fine cool it ended up being like 16 days in a row <laughs> that i was in a hotel in in massachusetts which it's not terrible and it was like no, beautiful area perfect and, yeah it was it was it was, uh, it was good and it was good for writing 
Like, you know, at a certain yeah. point I could only go to the gym and walk, you know, the neighborhoods and, you know, so many times before I like, oh, I just got to sit down and face whether I'm going to write this book or not. Right. And so that whole sort of process has came out of like, I was for forced to find something creative to embark on. And I'd been thinking <laughs> about the book for a long time. And I knew that I needed to sort of set the terrain of what, a battlefield in World War One looks and feels and smells like, and the fly be just like yeah was an impulse. I was like, what what takes this journey? What's going to take us there? What sort of like sound and feel and visuals can I present so that somebody who knows nothing about the First World War can mm -hmm. know what it would have smelled like and felt like to be there? And so that yeah. was that was where that came from. You did a good job. Yeah, it's just. Yeah. That and also you created one of the most terrifying characters ever in the little man. I still <laughs> I don't like I don't like thinking about it. I don't like thinking about it. A little it, boy. Yeah. 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 It's, it's like Jeffrey, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> he he comes back. He comes back in book two. Oh, oh man. Yeah. It's, just, it's great. But it's one of those things. It's a book that really sticks with you. And the audiobook. <laughs> I'm a big fan of if the author reads the book, I will always get the audiobook because mm. I like to hear the intent. And I like to hear what the author yeah. was thinking. I'm like, oh, because I'm going to read it and I'll envision it my way. But I want you to tell me your story if I have the option. And yeah. so many accents, so many things. It's, it's a, I get tired just thinking about what you probably went through to make this happen. And there's going to be five. Which is <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, I'm really, the second book is, I think it, that, that I'm really sort of, finding my own way in the craft so mm -hmm. that that i think that the second book is a step up as it should be on the oh, first cool. one cool um oh no and uh but 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 if you know like i take risks by having i don't know six or seven protagonists yeah uh and someone asked me about that once and i just said you know look it's important to me that i create this world that that in some ways you can choose your own protagonist yeah that as you're that. reading and experiencing it, you can pick the person that you feel is is uh, is on the journey that is most appealing to you, mm -hmm. and that can be your protagonist. And they may end up getting killed, yeah, uh, and they may end up being not who you think they are. But mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to create something that was fleshed enough out that there were not sort of uh, that, that even the side characters could feel like they had a real life and a real existence that if that life and existence was lost, uh, that the audience would, would, uh, experience that emotionally or, yeah. or with, with, a, or shock, anything, sure. you know, to have a reaction when, when, uh, when a loss occurs. Uh, sure. so that's been an interesting process, but it's risky because like percentage of the audience is going to be like, I only like this one character yeah. like, <laughs> kills this one character. I'm done. Right. Um, or why are we focusing on, you know, someone that is not as important to me? So it, it, it is, uh, it, it comes like from, I did a TV series with David Milch in mm. 2001 called Big Apple. And it was right. the best experience of my entire life. And it was so short lived. It, and that's it, how it, works. Should, it should have been uh, 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 incredible. It was, it was critically amazing and if you can watch big apple i'm mm -hmm. sure that it's out there somewhere on a platform because they like change it so that the eight episodes had a sort of like a closed ending but it's 
Ed O'Neill and Michael Madsen and oh, Titus dude. Welliver uh, and, and uh, Donnie Wahlberg and Jeffrey Pierce, <laughs> Henry Winkler. Uh, and wow. I mean, it is uh, 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 Glenn Turman, you know, who, who yeah, plays yeah. the piano player in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Like it was the most incredible wow. cast that I was just like, I can't believe it's <laughs> Trithairn. Like it's like I'm going to work with these people. Yeah, uh, you burn too and, bright. <laughs> but but what what David Milch uh, it, it did. It, it, there were there were behind the scenes things that that uh, that could not be controlled in terms of executives battling for power that had nothing to do with what we were trying to do. Of course. Um, and uh, and David Milch at the time had you know i mean the guy is phenomenal and uh deadwood was the thing that he did next and he talked to me about uh he said i, I talked about writing to him because i mm-hmm. had done some writing at that point and his suggestion to me was like look study flannery o'connor uh nice. if you want to understand sort of story and sort of short story uh take a look at her work and it's amazing writing like she gets mm-hmm. into the minds and bodies and psyches of every gender and race that you can imagine and does this incredible storytelling. And it's very dark. Sure. Um, I think maybe darker than what I write, but oh boy. darker in just sort of like, she has an understanding of the human experience uh, mm-hmm. that is so uh, extraordinary for, for someone who was her age when she was doing that writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it influenced how I want to tell story, like trying to use a short story form to tell long form narrative is uh, as much fun as I could possibly have as a writer because I can go anywhere, oh, yeah, anywhere true. in history, anywhere in time, anywhere in, you know, the, the sort of human journey with this kind of storytelling, mm-hmm. because that is at the, the root of it. Um, but then that necessitates being able to do. Uh, the best that I can to create all these characters fully in the, in the booth. Um, yeah. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a good process and, and yeah, only two and three quarters books left to go. Huh. Huh. I, I will say my favorite character is the bar woman that tells the Pandora's box story. Oh yeah. She's great. She comes back to, thank God. Back. I was about to say, don't you hurt her, Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> she's a, uh, she's capable of uh, inflicting more damage than, than Good. Could be inflicted on her. I think. I like her a lot. She's my favorite out of all of them, and, which is saying a lot. Cause I do really like all the characters genuinely. And I do like that you bounced because it, it created a fuller world. It was like, all right, now mm. we're going to move to this part of the world. That's also affected by this whole thing. And yeah, I, I liked it. I like the scope. I dug it. Cool, man. Well, I, I look forward to seeing what you think of the second one. I'll be really mean about it just to knock you down. Be like the first That's one was fine. I was too nice about the first one. I gotta I gotta bring you down. I, you know, you, if you believe the good, you have to believe the bad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna like take the good reviews to heart, yeah. you have to take the bad reviews to heart. That's I had an older actor told me told that to me early on. Like if they tell you you're great and you believe them. When they tell you you suck, you better believe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to like hold on to that middle ground, which is there's some truth in that middle ground somewhere. Sure, um, sure. And so yeah, that, that, I have tried to rely on that to stay sane uh, in the face of any sort of you know positive feedback or negative criticism. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, <laughs> find the truth in either. That's right, and you you can't argue with the BAFTA nomination. You just can't, Jeffrey. I'm uh, shocked by that. I mean, like, I, I'm I'm proud of that work. 
Good. Uh, for sure. Uh, I, I, but, you know, just sort of practically speaking, uh, like I did like a, a, I did a 10 out of 10, like dive. Right. And I, I felt in looking at the other actors out there that they did like, you know, <laughs> sure. the, the triple uh, Lutz to, you know, quad flip, backflip and stuck those landings. Sure. So I could do like a perfect, perfect dive as Tommy. <laughs> um, and, but I felt like, uh, uh, and uh, yes, I feel like that, that, that I, I have no question that I uh, can enjoy that company without feeling embarrassed about it. Good. But I felt like uh, uh, I felt Logan was extraordinary and deserved it. But I also mm -hmm. thought Troy and Shannon did. I thought, you know, like everybody yeah. up there had put in uh, the, the, the time and the effort to, to be there. Uh, and I thought that the end result was a very just result. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I was like, literally all of them. Because it, it's fun when you have like a favorite, which clearly I did, Jeffrey. I'm not going <laughs> to say who it was. <laughs> but I was like, but at the same time, it's like when you have the nominees that are all of a caliber, you're like, there's no losing here. They're so good across the board. It's wild. Well, it's subjective too. Like that's uh, true. <laughs> just, just within the last of us part two, how do you compare what Troy did to what Shannon did? How do I decide yeah. that one yeah, of those true. is better than the other, just in a, in a small bubble? Like it, it, there's no way to say, well, you know, on a fair scale, this be sure. Yeah. <laughs> Outmastered. Actually. Like, they're just both like, you know, did their thing and did it beautifully. And what more, you know, how can you just say that one is more appealing than the other or more difficult than the other and better executed? I have no idea. Yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It's beautiful. That's what it is. And it, yeah, it's not your your work. You've become one of my favorite actors. I'll just say that. I feel like we're comfortable <laughs> enough because I loved like lived in nuanced performance. I don't know why mm. I just really connect with it. And like, yeah, all your new reels and clips you're putting in, like everything you do is like, it's there. And Tommy is one of those, like I immediately connected from the first game. I was like, this is mm. my guy. So yeah. then when the second game rolled around, I spent the whole time stressed out the whole time. I was like, is he okay? <laughs> Just tell me he's all right. Cause we left him in not a good place. And then I have to play the whole second game, which I thoroughly enjoyed. thought the game was yeah. incredible, but yeah. in the back of my mind is like, is Tommy okay? I just want him to be okay. Joel isn't. So please keep, I just want to keep Tommy, please. And then they shoot him in the back. Just, I, I'm sure, sure there were iterations that I uh, feel pretty certain that, that, it, that, that, that in some sort of conceptual meetings, Tommy definitely died. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that for certain. Um, yeah. I, I think that uh, one of the best things about the storytelling is the willingness to take the risk with those characters. Yeah, absolutely. Or willing to say, look, look, this can happen to anybody. It can happen to Joel. Yeah. It can happen to anybody. Um, and, and so... I like that sort of tension as an audience member, and I obviously like it as as a, a, a writer too. Um, yeah, it is a it's it's important. It's an important way to look at the world. Like we I walk so. around feeling immortal all the time, and like well, tomorrow is not promised yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Just because it feels True. like normally you wouldn't die tomorrow doesn't right. mean that you won't. You're right. I You're promise right. you, everybody who died today did not think today was going to be the day. <laughs> true, true. And consequences are a thing. Something people forget. Circle that's, back. Yes. That's, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what Last of Us 2 is. It's like, oh, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, yeah. what that's what happens. That's what happens. That's my guy, but that's what happens. <sighs> yeah. 
Like, you get what you get what you pay for. Or yeah. you pay for what you, you know, you yeah. pay for what you got. <laughs> Hopefully not that way. Man. <laughs> <laughs> golf club. Yeah. I it's got rough. accidentally hit in the head with a golf club one time. It was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> Don't recommend oh, it. No, no, no. <laughs> We, we used to go down like, uh, I, I, I'm not a golfer. I've never been, a, yeah. I'm a terrible golfer, mm. but, uh, we used to, they had a public course at Haynes point. They still do in DC mm-hmm. and none of my friends were golfers either, but mm-hmm. you could go down and you could rent a golf cart. And you, you could hey, bags that's the fun. Balls. <laughs> that counts. So we would go out and just, just run rough shot over that poor golf course and, and not understanding the etiquette of golf. I stood behind my buddy uh, Jojo when he was trying to <laughs> trying to tee off for the first time ever, and that oh, driver no. came around and spit behind him. Oh, no, it hit me in the temple, and I remember watching <laughs> my baseball cap. Like I, I heard it hit, and then just like my baseball cap flying in <laughs> slow motion through the air, far, far away, and landing, and then I could hear again immediately <laughs> after that. It was a yeah, so. So I, I feel Joel's pain. You know, right. I, I recognize that first <laughs> sh- strike of the uh, the, uh, the golf club and and uh, and pity the man. <laughs> oh my God! Speaking of characters that care, so I played both of the games with my wife. We'd never played them before. We're like, let's just go through this together. And like, when one died, you'd pass the controller over. And so we got pretty attached to people. And yeah. in you know one of the craziest scenes ever, where you guys get caught when you get knocked out. I remember because mm. it's not a quick like one hit type of thing. It's like a three hit thing. And by the second, yeah. my wife was like, Jesus Christ, leave him alone. <laughs> like, I know. I know. I feel Tell the same her I appreciate that. Yeah, it's you. You got her good. You got her good. Uh, it's, Tommy is is a is a. I had auditioned for Joel initially. Oh, OK. That makes sense. And uh, and and played obviously played uh, it differently than when Neil called up and said, do you want to come do Tommy? Sure. Um, uh, because they're, they're related, but uh, Tommy is very different. So like, yeah, for sure. Uh, bringing the sort of, the sort of sense of humor that he has to the mm-hmm. table uh, and his sort of his own, his own sort of tortured journey, but his, his coming to, uh, to terms with it. Um, and in some ways covering it with his own sense of naivete or his desire to have uh, uh, some of his innocence back. Yeah. Is I think what makes him appealing. Yeah. Um, and so when he sort of breaks after Joel's death, I think that makes him, uh, uh, makes him more sort of uh, uh, brings the, the audience, uh, I think, closer to him because of that. He's not this hard ass right. cynic. Uh, sure. He is, try to start anew so when that breaks i think that the the creation there uh what what neil and hallie got there was was a really interesting thing that brings him to the farmhouse um yeah you know the the he's still hoping that she'll do this for him without recognizing the consequences that she's the price she'll have to pay if and when she says yes yeah beautiful scene you, oh, li- little things you do like tiny i'm like dissecting performances these days i'm like oh mm. taking notes and it's yeah. just tiny little things the way you're moving the way that you deliver a line that just nods like the thing i think i connect with tommy the most is like he's all heart 
you know, yeah. it's very like here. And then like when it happens, he's like, all right, just give me till the morning. And then Tommy's off. And you're like, that's his brother. Like, what's he going to do? You know, he's not yeah. like Joel. Life got to Joel and he's like, I'm going to be harder than this world. And he is where Tommy is like, I'm going to build a life. It's going to be cool here. But also that really sucked. And I was a part of that. So I'm going to go get her. And you got to move on. But I didn't because now you're mm. blind in an eye and you've got a limp now. You're like every day you wake up and you that's a very different reality. So, of course, he would go to the farmhouse and be like, hey, I understand like everything's cool here for you. But like, look, at things are yeah. not cool here. I have a daily reminder of it. And it's just gorgeous really, storytelling. The, yeah, the, the compulsion is still driving him, but there's nothing that he can do about it. Yeah, um, it's an it interesting. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a beautifully tragic sort of place to put him. Uh, was, somebody was mentioned the other day that uh, part of the, you know, as a as a writer, what you can do for a character is make their strength into their weakness. Um, and, uh, and the comparison that she made was if you put, uh, if you put Othello in Hamlet, he's just oh. going to go and, and kill his uncle. Like, yeah. <laughs> plays yeah. over, done. It's a short story. <laughs> My uncle did what? Boom, done. Handled. Uh, yeah. If you put uh, Hamlet in Othello, he, figures out everything yeah. that's going on and he can tell Iago's lying to him. Sure. But because he's like a philosopher and like trying to sort of work through his process mm-hmm. in Hamlet, he's stuck. He's a man without action. He's stuck yep. in his head. Yep. Uh, whereas Othello is a man of action who is entrapped by Iago because of it. Mm-hmm. So when you take your character and make, when you take Tommy, whose strength is, you know, in, action and in his ability just to get things done and get the you know work to get jackson running again and get the 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 uh the the generator fixed and running like Mm -hmm. he is a man of get it done get it done get it done this is the way that i hold on to my humanity right uh you break him in such a way that he cannot get it done anymore and that's what you know they did beautifully uh and so he's let at his own sort of end point when he has to go and ask Ellie to do this thing because if he doesn't ask her, it's not going to get done. And so that click will never come for him. Yeah. Ouch. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> That's the good stuff though. That's the kind of stories you want to tell that like hit that human side of you where it connects, you know, yeah. get, a, get a reaction. Like that's, that's good stuff. That's yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> you, when did, when did they tell you like, cause you did the first game years ago. And then the second yep. game, how long was it before they're like, hey, we're coming back for a second one. Tommy's going to be pretty up in the front, just so you know. Um, uh, a long time ago. I, I, 2014, I had lunch with Neil. And he's like, this is the game we're going to do. It's wow. uh, like when the first then, one came out. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and then they went and did uh, Uncharted 3. Like, it, oh. it like got a little sidetracked there. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Uh, but he basically pitched the entire thing to me uh, over over lunch. Like, this is the whole sort of journey from, you know, we went back to, we had lunch and then we went back to Naughty Dog. He's like, this is what we have in mind. And, you know, I'd love to, yeah. for you to, to come back and play Tommy again in it. And uh, and even to the point where he knew what, he knew how bad it was, how painful the reaction the audience oh. uh, would be. <laughs> Good man. Uh, but he knew that he wanted, uh, he wanted to be, he, he, he talked about the entire end sequence uh, in the water uh, where they're really? trying in Santa Barbara, where they're trying, she's trying to kill her and has, he's like, I want it to be such that you, by the end of that fight, you give up 
yourself because you can't take the life out of her because she's a person to you now. Right. Um, that the revenge has become a hollow thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and and when I played the game, I was like, he did what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And to be wow. able to, in a creative space, say this is what's going to happen and spend the, you know, Sony's money to make that happen mm -hmm. and not have anybody get in the way of that. Oh, is yeah. Just masterful use of your resources as uh, uh, an artist. Yeah. Um, I read an interesting article yesterday about the guy who wrote uh, the the Batman versus Superman and, and Justice League. I've never I've yeah. not seen either of the original cuts and I've not watched the Snyder cut. It's not, you know, mm -hmm. it's not at the top of my list of things to do. Sure. Um, You're a little busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> four hours. Four hours. Yeah. Is it worth four? It's a few days. But, but the, the, the takeaway was that he, the, as a writer, was so upset by the studio taking away and ruining his his work Sorry. yeah you know he wanted his name off the movie and it was a real drama and all the choices behind the scenes were being made by executives who were desperate to figure out how to make uh, as much mm. money as possible off the movie of not make the best story not have the most nuance not have the best script but how do we keep this under two hours? And, uh, right. you know, you know, let's cut all of cyborg out of it. Like, yeah. Uh, and so you come to realize that what Neil and company and naughty dog accomplished is in the scope of like a triple a experience or a massive feature film is yeah. almost impossible to do without real interference, uh, from the outside. And so, sure. To be able to be in something that has that sort of creative leeway, uh, I recognize how rare that is, and, and and feel honored by the experience, and 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 honored that he would share it with me back then. Sure. Um, uh, and trust me to keep my mouth shut, <laughs> <laughs> and then come through like and deliver a creative vehicle that was even in its uh, infancy brilliant but became something even bigger and better and and, and more powerful in its ultimate experience um yeah. it is a incredibly rare i don't know that you know between you know we talked about big apple that was that same sort of experience mm -hmm. uh uh the last of us and last of us part two were that sort of experience in the 140 150 things that i've done in the past 22 years those are the only two that I can say were perfect creative experiences and not because of me, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> but they were perfect creative experiences that I was fortunate enough to be part of. And you just realize that's rare. Sure. There is something beautiful about that, that when an artist doesn't have to compromise on their vision, it's yeah. really, really special. And it's successful in whatever yeah. sort of form it was supposed to be. In. Yeah. Um, and Naughty Dog has never not delivered a successful financial uh you know yeah uh, uh success for sony so they trust them so that's yeah you know where the, they have faith because that faith has been earned right right um, and so that is uh uh you know i think that that is an important part of the process but you know batman and superman are pretty successful things they could have just yeah. alone and <laughs> yeah. seen what happened you know i agree uh, i agree and i'll even attribute the success of these things and these creative visions to the people who help bring them to life. So I would even argue it's that good because you're a part of it, Jeffrey. 
I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. You know, (laughs) I didn't say you had to take it. I said, I'm going to give it to you, you know, (laughs) thank you. But, but, but no, No. I'm, (laughs) I'm learning that as an actor, you have to bring yourself to the role. All right. So if somebody else did it, if you did Joel would have been different. If somebody else had done Tommy would have been different. And I really like Tommy. So thank you. I, I, I can't. Cannot wait to see. I mean, like I think Pedro Pascal is an incredible choice. Right. That girl Bella. Yeah. Oh, it's um, gonna be great. Like first time. Yeah, I think it's gonna be great. I can't wait to see who they get for Tommy. I think that's yeah. Gonna be, uh, I know it's a tough needle to thread. They need something specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see what the new process of that yeah. is and what the the uh, what sort of intangibles that guy or girl. I, yeah. I, I, who knows? I told Niels. I was like. Neil, Aunt Tommy would be amazing. And then yeah. I would never be, you know, never, I wouldn't, if it was a woman, I'd never feel sad that I didn't get to play it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> can't compare. Can't compare. Sorry. Uh, nope, can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, I'm excited to see what they, what they come up with and how that sort of Same. dynamic works and unfolds and how they tell that story from a new point of view. I mean, it's absolutely, it is, uh, it's going to be different. Cool. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so, I'm so excited. A reimagining because it's going to be yeah. different. And I, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, dude, we've been talking for an hour already. It has been a pleasure. We did uh, it, again. Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> this was a blast. I, I yeah. love talking to you. You're good. You're a good dude, Jeffrey. Well, uh, thank you. Well, I will, uh, I'll make sure that you get a copy of, uh, of the second book once I get the final galleys back and then we'll come talk again sometime in June. Hell yeah. Let me know. Also, before I let you go, I got to ask, where can people find you online? Where can they find your book? Talk to me. Uh, at Pierce underscore Jeffrey on Twitter is a great place. Not bad. Uh, the, Not bad. the book is uh, The Reckoning, book one, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Anointed Angel Comes. Uh, Jeffrey Pierce, at, uh, thank you. The second one is called <laughs> Second Coming. Um, Nailed it. Uh, and and uh, that is, uh, it's at Amazon, it's at uh, Goodreads, it's at Barnes and Noble, uh, all places online. Beautiful. Um, yeah. And uh, and we are going to, I have some uh, labor to put in, but we are going to do a Kindle version of book one oh, cool. with, with all color uh, chapter art. Uh, the current version is all black and white, but I realized mm-hmm. that we can do a separate version with all colors. So there will be a, uh, uh, some sort of 99 cent deal for a version of the Kindle with all color uh, to, in advance of book two coming out. Nice. See, killing it. See, even amidst yeah. all this, you figured it out. I knew you could. Well, I knew you could. Maybe. So like <laughs> 50 books, it's going to be right. great. <laughs> and even then, we'll see. We'll see. Let's not get into ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you'll give away 50 books. That's right. That's right. You'll have 50 books at yeah, some there point. There will be 50 books in a box in your garage. Do That's what you right. will with them. They're there. Exactly. <laughs> Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Interesting Podcast. If you'd like to follow the show, it's at Pod of Interest on Twitter. 
If you'd like to follow me, I'm at JediBrian on all social media sites. You can also find me at BrianBalance.com. There you'll find all my demos and a bunch of other fun stuff. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and tell your friends. A good rating or review always helps and is greatly appreciated. Let the people know we've got some cool stuff going on over here. Speaking of cool stuff, we now have merch. Just search The Interesting Podcast on tpublic.com to get you some sweet gear. I've also got a Patreon, so if you'd like to support the show more directly, you now have that option over at patreon.com slash jedibrian. On that note, special thanks to Bernice, Chris, Ben, Jim, Daz, Kelly, Daryl, and Victor. Your support means so, so much, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it. So until next time, be well.